Hi, podcast listeners. You're listening to another episode of All Y'all. I'm Sarah Abair, And I'm Chris J. And we are so excited to have you with us. I can hear Bowser. Well, that's okay. He He's our dog, guys. That's Bowser, our basset hound that you hear in the background. He likes to snort and root around the house like he's looking for truffles. Like I was saying before, it was so rudely interrupted. Uh, we had a wonderful evening uh, last month at Ladies' Night, which was held at the Women's Department Club. Uh, it was a packed house for our live storytelling event. Thank you, everyone who attended. And we have um, we have booked the next two live storytelling events. We're going to have June 6th. We're going to have Brush with Fame at Shreveport Little Theater. Bowser is still looking for truffles. And on August 28th, we're going to have OMG at St. Terre out in Benton, Louisiana. If you haven't been to St. Terre, it's a new event venue that has a chapel on the premises. And they have a bar that they're willing to set up in the chapel. And that was kind of a hard thing to find for us, but we're excited about going there. And we're currently soliciting stories for Brush with Fame. So if you've had an interaction with a celebrity or maybe a shot at the big time, we want to hear from you. There are details on our blog on how to submit a story for the evening. And we just want to remind you that every single live event and every single podcast we do in 2015 is is made possible by Holiday Lanes. They're our program sponsor for the entire year, and we cannot say thank you enough to them. So thank you, Holiday Lines. So Chris, this next story was sort of a surprise for us at Ladies' Night. It was. It was our, our first ever wild card storyteller, someone who we drew their name out of a hat at the intermission, and they had literally 10 seconds to prepare to tell their story, as opposed to the other storytellers who had months to prepare to tell their story. Yeah, and we couldn't have pulled a better name. Shannon Hicks was someone who had reached out to us about Ladies' Night a couple of weeks before the event and wanted to tell a story. And when I pulled – actually, I didn't pull her name. Robert Trudeau Robert did. Robert Trudeau did. <laughs> and when he pulled her name out of the hat, I was like, this is so perfect, so much serendipity. And Shannon really brought it, like, on a whole other level of storytelling. I, the phrase that comes to mind for me is born entertainer. And she makes a reference to another storyteller who y'all are going to hear from soon, another born entertainer, Annie Mills. So we recently sat down with Shannon to get a little bit of perspective on what her experience was like at Ladies' Night and to hear a little bit more details about her story. My name is Shannon Hicks, and this is my story that you're about to hear. And no, I don't wake up this fabulous every morning. It takes about five minutes some water, prayer, and uh, lots of hope. When I put my name in the hat, I was really hoping to be selected to be the wild card storyteller. I mean, I prayed, I made deals with God. It was really major. I was excited because nothing delights me more than being in front of a crowd with a live mic, <laughs> which is surprising because I was painfully shy as a kid. If I could go back to the time that I referenced in my story, which was when I was 23 years old. So this was the early 1990s, 93 to be exact, 93, 94. I would give myself a piece of advice that another one of the fabulous storytellers at All Y'all gave me when we worked together. Annie Mills is a diva. She's such a massive warrior woman and I love her. And she told me one time, just in a random conversation, she said, Shannon, when you say no, you miss out. 
So what I would tell that 23-year-old girl with the fabulous butt, which, by the way, would have its own Facebook page now. Like, Pippa Middleton had nothing on my 23-year-old, but it was amazing. Oh, my goodness. What I would tell her and the fabulous butt is when you say no, you miss out. So stop being so scared all the time. So this story takes place in 1993, when I was 23. And I have to tell y'all, I'm a curvy woman, in case y'all haven't noticed. And 44 has brought a lot of nice and not so nice changes in this curvy body. But y'all, when I was 23, I was so fine. Oh my God. I was just, I mean, this butt was about three inches higher. I mean, I had a little waist. You put me next to a Coke bottle and psh, buy Coke bottle. That is important to the story, okay. So, I was a good girl my entire life. Um, grew up here in Shreveport, went to high school at Magnet. Mr. Trudeau wasn't my teacher, but he was still awesome. Um, went to LSU in Baton Rouge, pledged a sorority, had lots of fun, AKA, woo, skiwi. Um, and then I did what every middle-class, smart black girl did in the late 1980s, early 1990s, I went to law school because Claire Huxtable made it look so awesome. <laughs> I thought, okay, so I just do this, my doctor husband will appear, we'll get a brownstone and have five amazing kids. Done. Well, law school was where my good girl status started to go astray. So I was always really smart, really good at everything, top of my class, honor roll I was every semester at LSU, dean's list, I was who's who among American high school students, all this kind of stuff. Well, I went to law school at Tulane in New Orleans. Go Green Wave. Still paying them. Um, <laughs> um, and here's the thing about law school. Everybody is smart in law school. So nobody cared how smart I was because there were other people smarter than me. And there was people from Harvard and Yale and Penn and Wellesley and all these schools. And so I tried my hardest, but to my grandmother's, to her death, she did not understand why there was not a building named after me at Tulane. <laughs> I did not make law review, so the pressure was up after first year. So if, in law school, if you don't make law review, you pretty much can kind of like chill out because that's like the big cheese. I was like, whew, pressure's off. Do I stay in law school or do I go finish that application for the Fly Girls? <laughs> My mama told me to go ahead and go back to law school, so that's what I did. Well, I figured if I was gonna go back to law school, still really didn't want to be a lawyer, but I figured, hey, I'm in New Orleans, let's make the most of this. I'd always wanted to work in radio through a whole lot of striations, which is another story for another all y'all. I got a job at WQUE-FM in New Orleans, which is Q93, if any of you have ever been to New Orleans and listened to Q93. I, again, miraculously, because I am the Lucy Ricardo of life, 
stumbled into this job where they made me the music director and I was also an on-air personality. At 23, I had no radio experience. <laughs> music director meant that I picked the uh, songs that were gonna be on the radio. This was all because my boss was a man and did I mention how fine I was when I was 23? <laughs> so anyway, my boss, who I am certain wanted to sleep with me, and I really didn't realize this at the time, says, hey, we got this trip coming up, this free trip. It's a promotional trip to LA to go see Salt and Pepper at the Arsenio Hall show. <laughs> and if you were not around in 1993, you have to know that was some big shit, <laughs> okay? So I thought, Okay, um, my mama calls me every day. How am I gonna get out of this? I cannot tell. First of all, she didn't know I, that my parents didn't know I worked at a radio station. Oh, I didn't mention that? <laughs> oh no, they didn't know I had this job. Because I worked at night, like overnight. And I didn't want to tell my mama that. So I said, how do I get this done? So my best friend and I, she was in law school too, and we were both miserable. Neither one of us had made law so we felt like we could just do anything. I said, okay, you have to come with me. I said, what do we tell our parents? We came up with this plot to tell our parents we were going to a job fair in LA. <laughs> and I have an aunt who lives in LA. So when I told my mom, she said, oh, that's great. I'm gonna call your Auntie Wanda and you can go see her while you're there. I'm like, got it. Okay, because I really didn't want to see Auntie Wanda. I just really want to go to the Arsenio Hospital and go home. And let me just say too, when you're 23, you take risks that when you look back at 44, we should have been kidnapped, murdered in a trunk somewhere. I mean, we, there's no logical reason how we wound up alive. So anyway, we board the plane, free tickets, we're in first class, we don't know how to act. We get to <laughs> LA, there's a limo waiting for us, we still don't know how to act, so we drink all the free Coke they have in there, putting free Cokes in our purse and stuff. And um, they pull up to the, um, it was then the Marriott on Sunset. And we thought, oh my God, they have us in the suite. We are highfalutin. This is the good part of the story. When you're 23 and you're really fine and cute and you don't have to have spanks and you can wake up in the morning. You know how when you're 23, your skin is all dewy first thing in the morning and you just sort of do this and you just, it all falls into place. Well, yeah, that happened. So anyway, I walked downstairs, and we're trying to figure, because we got like $50 between us. I'm trying to figure out how we're gonna eat breakfast, so I go down to scope it out, and guess who is sitting, like on a, like a chaise lounge, just chilling? Lenny Kravitz! <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God! I've got to go get my friend from upstairs. I'm like, oh my God, Lenny Kravitz. Hey, my name is Shannon Hicks. I'm from Shreveport, Louisiana. I'm super excited to meet you. I got to go back upstairs and get my friend on my camera. Will you right here, please? And I think he noticed my butt, too. <laughs> He's like, yeah, cool, it's cool. I race back upstairs, because you know we don't have cell phones in 1993, and we don't have cameras that take instant pictures. I'm like, Rhonda, 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 wake up. Girl, Lenny Kravitz is downstairs. So. We get our little Instamatic camera, our little Vivitar that we had at the time, <laughs> race back downstairs, and proceed to hang out with Lenny Kravitz. There are pictures. 
we were just like, yeah, you know, hey, Lenny, we're just hanging out. We really like your new album. Are you and Lisa ever gonna get back together? Well, uh, you know, so much fun. Long story short, since it's nine minutes and one second and Chris is looking at the clock, um, we met Lenny Kravitz. We went to the Arsenio Hall show. We met Arsenio Hall. We met Salt and Pepper. We flew back to New Orleans. And our school and our parents were none the wiser. <laughs> my mom goes, I call, I was like, Mom, home. She's like, oh my God, well, how'd the job fair go? It was great. Um, I got a really great connection with this guy. I may have a job this summer. Um, yeah, Lenny's supposed to let me know. So that is how I use my 23-year-old butt to make something happen. Thanks for listening, and don't forget that you can get tickets to our next live storytelling event, Brush With Fame, on our website. That's allyallblog.com. And please take a moment to share this episode with your friends and family, maybe on Facebook or on Twitter. We would love to gain more listeners for our podcast. And just one more time, thank you, Holiday Lanes, for making a whole year's worth of podcasts and live events possible for all y'all. It's just the two of us. And their support makes so much difference. So if you get bored, go bowling. And I also want to say, get well soon, John Durbin. We're rooting for your legs to get better. John Durbin, if you don't know, is the sound guy for all of the live All Y'all events. So if you've ever heard a podcast, if you've ever been to a live event, John Durbin made it sound wonderful. He had an accident recently, and we are sending him prayers and good vibes. Get well soon, Durbs. <laughs>